0: And now enjoy this free JSON modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garmin, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. I am your host, Jenna Sparks, and this is episode 183. So again, welcome to the World of Myth Bits. It is the long-awaited review episode, and y'all have really been waiting. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so this is a review for June's issue, issue 108. So let's get through some housekeeping, and then we'll jump right into it. So, first and foremost, Dark Myth Publications is gearing up for the public release of Walter G. Esselman's Liberties Run 2, Tanks for the Memories. Uh, speaking of Walter G. Esselman, we want to congratulate him as he has officially been named the new president of the J. Zomon Dark Myth Company. A huge, huge congratulations, very well deserved. And Henry Henrik, the editor-in-chief of Dark Myth Comics, will be working with Carlos Ramos to create new issues of American Smash. Also, news coming out of the live events, uh, J-Zomon's Pop Culture Expo 2022 will take place Sunday, November twelfth, twenty 2022, from noon to 6 p.m. at the Hilton Gardens Conference Center in Victorville, California. And Scare Fair will be held in October at the Texarkana Convention Center in Texarkana, Texas. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Uh, For more information, stay tuned here or go to pcehd.com. And another congratulations for Gary Foles Jr., who has been named the new general manager of MythMart. And with Walter becoming president of the company, we will have to uh, say goodbye to him as the uh, open contract challenge director. But that means that he has announced his successor, Miss Jai Bailey. So another major congratulations and good luck uh, goes out to her as she will be heading the 2023 contest. And finally, we can announce the final two contestants for this year's Open Contract Challenge. The finalists are... I can't do a drumming effect. Uh, The finalists are Cliff Flint and Robert P. Atone. They will go head-to-head. They will go head-to-head. And last year's grand prize winner, Miss Peggy Gerber, will choose the winner for this year. It's been a minute, guys. I'm out of breath already. Alright, so let's jump into the review that I know everybody is very anxious for. So, first and foremost, we have our Drabble and Flash section in our first story. My New House by Puneet Kumar. Uh, Many years ago... Joe and I moved into our own place. And at the time, Joe tended to work graveyard shifts. And one night, I hadn't securely locked the front door very well. And it was a a trailer. It was a trailer, I should clarify. Um, Like a trailer in a trailer park. Uh, (laughs) And um, I hadn't closed the door very well. And it was kind of finicky. But like in the middle of the night, it blew wide open. And, I mean, it had to have been a couple of hours that it was open, and luckily everything was fine, and my dogs, joyously enough, had stayed inside, hadn't run out or anything. Uh, yeah, uh, this story just reminded me of that in the moment um, of absolute fear, minus the blood, you know, but <laughs> this was... Absolutely a delightfully creepy piece, and I really appreciate uh, Punit's writing style because of the personality behind the story and the overall concept. You know, the narrative is very clear and concise, and uh, he just has a talent that I really, really, truly admire with, uh, especially with the flash pieces. So excellent work, sir. And next up we have Be Kind to Droids by Corrine Pollard. Uh exactly what working in customer service uh feels like. That being said, I really like this uh, little world Corrine gave us a glimpse into. It's definitely piqued my interest and I'm sad it's so short because again, it's it's I I like if you wrote more in this world, I would absolutely love it. It's it's a lot of fun. Um kind of discussing, like, the working droids' plight, you know? But I also realize that the story works so magnificently because of its shortness. And I get that. I'm spoiled, like I said. Uh, I think Corrine did a wonderful, wonderful job in ensuring that the story maintains its relatability as well. And it was just an absolutely terrific piece, Corrine. It was perfect. And... Next up we have our very meta story, <laughs> The Weirdest Podcast Ever by Peggy Gerber. Uh, the crossover we never knew we needed and wanted and loved and enjoyed. I loved this piece, and in case you recall, uh, I too survived my interview with the Mythmaster. so I'm quite familiar with what uh, it takes to overcome such a traumatically delightful experience. <laughs> So such a fun story, and as always, Peggy's voice is so enthralling and entertaining. And next story, Day of Disaster by Len Sakula, is it like Sakula, like Bakula. Uh, I'm just trying to get the emphasis on the right syllable. Uh, anyway, and good riddance. Sorry, let my existentialist pessimism take over there for a second regarding this story. I really enjoyed this piece. Uh, I think the delivery is very well posed and the set scene is perfectly deliberate and aware of its goal. I also enjoy the reality of the idea that humanity compared to the existence of all before us, you know, the dinosaurs alone, is so small and short-lived uh, and minute. And the point is, I just say I really enjoyed... The the context and the insightfulness of thought with this story. So great work, Len. And next up, using alcohol by Gabriella Balcom. Now as usual, Gabriella knows how to portray the huntress seeking out her prey, and this idea was a lot of fun. The alcohol versus the sexual prowess and intrigue. And to imagine that death, that very Acidic, painful death it it makes me shudder. Uh, but delightful work, Gabriella. And next up, we have A Mirror Image by Kate McDonald Dunbar. Uh, I love that. <laughs> Had I not even read Kate's name attached to this, I would have known it was her work uh, because the tone is just so Kate, you know, so perfectly Kate. And I love it. The fact that this antagonist is called Nigel, uh, I just think it was a lot of fun and a delightfully endearing story that had me, you know, smirking and grinning throughout. I would definitely read an entire dang novel with this concept of a mirror world and water witches and Nigel the spirit catcher in purgatory. So, ex- I know this isn't like a preview of what could be. I get that. I'm just saying, um, I was very hungry for something. Of that world and Kate fed it. So I totally support uh, any further exploration into that realm is what I'm saying. Uh, next up we have Through Wolf-Like Eyes Part 5 by David K. Montoya. And I couldn't help but picture Willem Dafoe in The Boondock Saints in this scene. And I need to think that now. Uh, jokes aside, I can't wait to see the entirety of this story put together. With these tiny glimpses of who is who and what's happening, it definitely has sparked uh, intrigue and captivation, and I suspect we'll get the whole picture quite soon. And finally, we have something better. Teaser number 10, The Mountains by Jim Bates. And at this point, I believe I was an emotional disaster because I just needed these people to find a new home and be happy. They deserved it. And man, oh man, did my patience pay off. Uh, Remember, Something Better is available at MythMart for purchase now. And that will carry us over to the Children's Lit section and our story, Fox, by the wonderful Tim Law. Uh, Yes, 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 give me that precious druid lore. Uh, Tim feeds the nature-craving beast within me. That sounded very off-putting, I realize, Uh, but the sentiment is true. I really love this piece, and I love the concept of these druids with these transformative abilities, too, of their namesakes. You know, it just feels like an excellent course of meticulous and thorough realm building, and Tim is just so masterful at that. And it was just an excellent piece, and so much fun, and just very rewarding as well. And move over to our fantasy realm who's super excited for the rings of power coming out oh my gosh I'm sorry I really needed to get that off my chest Uh, the day I'm recording it is in the midst of comic con and uh, they released the trailer the full trailer of lord of the rings rings of power whatever it's called Um, and it just looks really good Anyway, uh, so let's uh, keep going with fantasy in our first story, Silver and Gold by Ellen Ashley. I think in so many ways the story is just pleasant perfection with a rousing and absolutely exquisite ending. And let's start with the flow There is such an ease with the way Alan wrote this piece, and it's just so pleasing to the mind. The perspective is enticing and clever, and the simplicity of the joy and peace are warm and hearty and engaging, and the characters are fascinating and alluring. And the end, the end is the truest testament to our main character and who he is, and uh, I just really, really adored this story. And so it was just like just absolute amazing work, Alan. And next up we have Father's Five Fragments by Dr. Pragya Suman. And I really enjoyed the format and architecture of this piece. And again, uh, Pragya incites this want and desire to understand more and more, especially regarding subjects I personally haven't given the opportunity to give much attention or time to, you know, and, uh, probably work. It, it makes me like, I, I wind up, you know, doing 10 times more reading, you know, and I love that. And I love the fluidity of her voice and the tone and the artistry that goes into her work. So absolutely fascinating and amazing piece And that takes us over to our next story, The First Jin, part two out of three, by Gabriella Balcom. And I liked this chapter a lot, and I'm very eager to see how this story wraps up come part three. I think it's just a sweet, precious story, and I truly, truly, truly love Mortimer. And on top of that, the way Gabriella wrote this piece, it both, um, you know, both parts up to this point, they're, they're really, really marvelous. And it just, the whole thing flows really smoothly and perfectly. And there's definitely this magical whimsy that I really adore. And it just makes me happy. Like it, it just makes me feel good. (laughs) It makes me feel happy. Uh, so, excellent work, and I cannot wait for the final chapter. And uh, finally, we have *Patris' Tale, part 15 by Tim Law. And I love this chapter. I think if I could worship a chapter, this is the chapter I would. That last part oh my god, um, it was just amazing! This is one of those chapters, one of those scenes in particular where, you know, if the story were ever, like, adapted into a film, fans would be waiting for it to make it to the big screen, you know? It was just so good, Tim, and that wariness, even sadness and melancholy of the reality of war thrust upon Petra, you know, feeling it with her whole being... Uh, That fear and that sadness and then in the wake of fighting back properly, (laughs) you know, of being ready, just so, so, so good and satisfying. That's how much I love this chapter. I can barely formulate coherent sentences. Just an absolutely beautiful, perfect chapter with such a high reward and as always, I am very stoked for chapter 16. Magnificent work, Tim. And next we go over to the horror section. In our first story, The Folk Singer by Jim Bates. And as usual, Jim's writing ability is very well spent here. You know, I will say, in a story, <laughs> a sea of stories, devoted to violence against women. This one did a... I mean, he did a very good job of not uh, glorifying, you know, the violence. It became a totally different narrative in that regard, and I appreciate that very much, and that kind of avoiding the gratuitousness that a lot of, you know, people kind of really overutilize and over-rely on. Uh so I appreciate the thoughtfulness and the skill, you know, applied to that. And it was just a really fun story. It was a lot of fun. Uh, very, very captivating as always. And next up we have Everything is Normal Here by and Wooler. I said it both ways just to make sure I got it right. Either way. Uh, oh my goodness! uh that was something else in the best of ways. Anne delivered something of magnificence there's this this almost monotone value to a protagonist, you know this sort of like forced apathy. And it just serves the story so well and really drives home the idea of the story's title. Everything is normal here. You know? <laughs> And I just love the idea that these ghosts aren't relying on shock, you know, waiting at the end of a dark hall and, you know, waiting to jump out. But rather this very, like, Hill House, Shirley Jackson idea of psychological torment. Is there, you know, is it haunting or is there something legitimately paranormal and it was just the 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 absolute delight in horror and just peak horror in my opinion I loved it and um, I just it it was probably one of my favorites uh so yeah excellent work and next up the bequest part two of two by Allison Faye Uh, That was definitely one hell of an ending and such an excellent read from the first part to the final part. I absolutely love the way Allison writes and how this work was put forward. And the concept is just perfection from the time period uh, that served this narrative just perfectly. Uh, to the characters, to the empathy spread throughout, to the subtle notes and hints, and just, ugh. I mean, it it just works to absolute perfection. And the ending, which is so heart-wrenching, but fascinating, and honestly, to me, one of the, the most perfect endings. Not a happy ending, but the perfect ending uh, for such a, a twisty, dark tale. You know, so absolutely phenomenal work. Allison... And finally, we have Penance, Part 13, Death is Inevitable by Stephanie J. Barty. Uh, this is one of those chapters where you're like, no, no, this is this is a dream or a nightmare or something that will just be undone. Right. Right. Uh, if not, huge props for making that move, because I know it's not an easy choice and it could Also very easily have gone one of two ways. And one of those ways not being good. Uh, But that being said, I really like how the scene went down. Because it was super unexpected and really, really fascinating. Also absolutely terrifying. Uh, It makes me think of of 13 ghosts when you can't see them. uh, And like, uh, who was it? The Jackal? Oh my gosh. That scene... I think just it still goes down as as peak. I can't that's the word of the day apparently peak. I, it was just a great moment in movie history and uh again this, you know, the correlation makes me happy. The unintentional correlation it's just how my brain saw it. Anyway, my gosh. Uh so we'll see how things progress from here because now uh, if all is as it seems, there are no boundaries for Reese now. You know, she kind of has free reign, free rule. She doesn't have, yeah. Anyway, excellent work, Stephanie. Very, very stoked. And that will take us to the action and suspense genre. And our first story, The Red Rose Tattoo by Don DeBral. And this is why... You never tattoo someone's name on you, <laughs> not your spouse of twenty years, not your partner of two years. not a the good news is there's probably a simple way to cover that up uh, the way I'm picturing it because now I can't not. Uh, sorry. Uh, the story <laughs> I' have to remind myself to jump back into it. Uh, the story was excellent because it's a dawn story. I genuinely was waiting like with bated breath. Like, oh, oh, what's, what's going to happen? Oh no, oh no. But the absolute wonder and brilliance of Dawn is that the tension is not that between the two former lovers, but the tattoo and its longevity and what it is to Veda. So it's just a smart and, and delightful piece of horror. Well, not it wasn't horror, but like the horrific realization. And it was really exhilarating and so much fun. And I love the story, and I love you so much, Dawn. Thank you so much for sharing this really, really excellent piece of literature with us. And next up, we have The Successor by Padmini Krishnan. I absolutely enjoyed reading this piece so, so much. The overall idea and concept are so interesting, unique, and entertaining, De Silva is definitely an excellent character, and I really enjoyed this take regarding death and dying, as we know, a subject I quite love. I also very much enjoyed the the positivity of this story. You know, there was something very endearing about both our lead characters and their relationship, as well as the respect between the two. I think I really, really loved that because it was was very palpable, Palatable, palpable palatable what am I trying to say uh it just it 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 made me feel very joyful you know it just it it brought like this ease to my soul reading about those two characters so excellent work Padmini and next up we have a life for a life by Dawn DeBrawl. no joke I really ought to know um, way different with Dawn's stories, but I got a little worried there for just a second where this story was headed. Not even worried, but Dawn has this ability to make you pause and question everything and theorize about every potential outcome. And because she gets you on your toes, you never actually anticipate the direction she went. And it's always so much fun to realize Uh, just how wrong you were in your ideas. I love this story. I really enjoyed getting to do a bit of traveling with Dawn, and I really adore the direction of this piece. It was just completely entertaining, uh, with a perfect ending. So, phenomenal work, Dawn. And, finally, we have The End, Story 3, Temptation, by David K. Monjoya. And I like the pacing of this piece and that we got to, you know, further expand and explore Haven as well as you know the downtown area. Also, minus the alcohol that drink sounded absolutely delicious. Uh, but yeah, going back to this evolution and getting more content regarding our setting and these characters whose reunions haven't gotten, you know, all of the attention just yet. Uh, you know, getting to visit the new spectrum of life and reality in this timeline, so it's yeah, it's a lot of fun to explore, so excellent work, Dave. And next up we have our science fiction section and our first story, Operation Evacuation by James Rumple. What an excellent and thoughtful. Piece. Uh, this story truly made my thoughts churn and start to question this idea. And I really, really, really like this kind of reversal from the typical trope we see regarding planetary migration uh, in the sci-fi scope. I also think it opens a lot of discussion regarding ethics. And I love that this story gave me, you know, time to just sit and think and and kind of pause and consider uh the that itself is very powerful you know with literature and I'm putting art out there like that I also like that while this is a very James Rumpel story there's this seriousness of dread to it that just feeds the narrative so well and it was just an absolutely amazing story and exceptionally thought-provoking excellent story James and next we have Space Force vs. Space Squids by Doug Hawley. Uh, this was hilarious, mildly depressing, and also massively relieving. <laughs> the saddest part is that, uh, much like the creators of South Park and Addressing 2016 through 2020, uh, reality has written all the jokes, you know? So it's very easy to believe this be truly an authentic interaction in any scope. So, just a funny, goofy piece that had me cackling sent delightful work dug, and next up we have our humor section: an appropriate inappropriate place for a cow by Timothy Law. Funny enough, the other night, my nephew and I were talking about animals that are sent to space and how sad it makes us. Uh, thinking of a chimp up in space with only some idea of what's going on. So it's funny to have read this piece after that conversation. Uh, that being said, I love this cow, and the story was definitely silly and fun and entertaining and written delightfully in Tim's typical whimsical stylings that can help but bolster a wide, broad grin. And it was just, it sticks with you. like it It just stays in your brain, and I love that. And that closes out our story section but leads us over into the poetry section and we have a a special final poem by Kevin Magnus titled A Starry Night. Uh, This being the final poem by Kevin Magnus upon his retirement, I think is an excellent farewell. Not only is the poem truly something only deliverable from Mr. Magnus, but it also incites wonder and curiosity that speaks to its reader. I found something very much in common with this piece, something I perceived that, like, it sits in me, you know? And that is the truest art of poetry to instill something of a kinship with its audience. Excellent work, Mr. Magnus, and we wish you luck in your future endeavors, Uh, but I also feel now is an excellent time to remind our readers in the U.S. there's now an official three-digit number to reach the suicide hotline, and it can be reached via 988. 988. Sorry, my voice broke out there. All right, next piece we have Sleepless Night by Puneet Kumar. Uh, Gorgeousness, absolute preciousness. Puneet captured that melancholic, sad... Love and longing, and I love the interpretation and the almost spellbinding nature of this piece. It's a beautiful story, and it was written with an excellent and knowing voice and tone. So delightful work. And next up, we have "Demon in the Midst" by John Gray. Uh, this piece was absolutely gorgeously written as well, in the flow. Uh, It it really screams at my soul with such satisfaction. The style is just so eerie and spectacular, and John has clearly mastered it. You know, there's no uh, poet that... I don't know, he just does it excellently. Uh it was just beautifully dark and treacherous, you know, the way this this fantastical demon just wheezes throughout all of everything, you know, it's this the ideal scapegoat. So just beautifully written, John. And next up, Who is She? by Kathy Sherbin. And of course, I love this poem with its nods and adoration of her. You know, and Kathy, uh, the way the way you wrote it uh, was such an easy and whimsical flow. You can't help but like almost dance and and kind of titter with its rhythm. It's, it's got a perfect flow to it. And funny enough, I've been thinking about you know the idea of deifying women within our culture, especially as of late uh, in the past few weeks. And I enjoy this piece, you know, it it further engages my perception and only more and more it encourages that train of thought. So, excellent poem, Kathy. And next up we have Mood Cycles by Anne Christine Tabaka. Uh, This piece sings to me. The last line, I never learned to be happy, is so-telling of present-day realizations and acknowledgments, And, as always, Anne's spectacular talent shines with this piece in its precise detailings of a train of depressive thought, as a train of thought that feels so abnormal, uh, so unempathetic, so unnatural, that it is the most normal, you know, the most empathetic and the most natural. I just, I cannot praise this piece enough. It was absolute agonized beauty and it makes me think of one of my favorite lyrics from one of my favorite songs by Florence and the Machine and the song King. Uh, The very thing you're best at is the thing that hurts the most. So amazing, amazing work and I loved it. And next up we have Swan Song by Sultana Raza. Oh my gosh. So first of all, getting the opportunity to watch sultana's delivery of this piece made my heart so happy uh this is my favorite thing in the entire world the written form of this poem is stellar and stunning uh heart-wrenching and only made me want to cry all of it beginning to end tells this terribly sad story that just breaks your heart but also reminds you you know the importance of art and uh How this work is is so telling of what our world is. And my gosh, Sultana, this was just brilliant and beautiful beyond words. Thank you for sharing not just the written form of this piece, but also your beautiful reading. I loved it. Uh, Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And next up, Absinthe Makes the Heart Grow Fonder by Kate McDonald Dunbar. Uh, So first and foremost, Kate, as of this past year, I... I've eliminated sugar from my life for medical reasons. And I had the sad realization not that long ago that I cannot prepare absinthe with a sugar cube uh, like that any longer. Unless, I mean, can you can you cube, like, monk fruit sugar and and do that? I'm, I think it's worth a shot. I think it's worth a shot. Um, anyway, <laughs> to the actual poem... Uh, this was absolutely so much fun, and I actually had to send it to my absent-loving friend, and she adored it. So, of course, now I have this tune stuck in my head forever, but it's worth it. It's so much fun. And, finally, we have Tema by Gabriella Balcom. Uh, that was a delightful story. That was very enjoyable to read. The happy endings and the peace and the happiness are definitely something I'm very eager to consume at the moment. I do love how you can really feel the whimsy, word of the episode, I guess, I guess as well. Peak and whimsy, peak whimsy, uh, in Gabriella's tone throughout the piece. And it just works so wonderfully with the entirety of the architecture of this poem. So delightful work, Gabriella. And that will lead us over to our art gallery. In our first piece, When You First Visit a Daycare, by Zoe M. Montoya. Uh, I love it. First of all, I swear, Zoe, we need to ha- have a proper drawing session together, just you and me. I really enjoy looking at this piece because there's, there's nothing boring about it. You know, uh, the composition of the trio, the detailings from the hair to the smirks to the clothes... It's just top to bottom, entertaining in the story it tells. I love it. I love it all, dude. Excellent work, Zoe. And next up, we have Winona by Connie Minatolo. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous work. Portraits in charcoal always make me go a little weak in the knees. And this one, uh, the take on Winona as Mina. In Bram Stoker's Dracula is just breathtaking. Absolute props in tackling that necklace, especially in charcoal. Uh, it, it it paid off. Gorgeousness. Astonishing and beautiful work. Perfection. And next up we have Monsuda by Christopher Harris. Uh, <clears throat> what a freaking feast for the eyes here. Dear Christopher, please just know how much I love this piece with every fiber of my being. Please uh, know that, okay? The line shading on that background is awe-inspiring and the palette is gorgeous. There's nothing about this that makes me want to look away. Even with how disturbingly creepy it is, I just can't stop. I love it. This is a character I totally envision being uh, part of the Spirit Hunter game lore you know, it just... Ugh, I'm obsessed with it. Please, please make prints of it because I really want one. Like, I really, really want a print of this. I love it. To death. Um, just hit me up if you make prints. Please. I want it. I, I The first thing I did was go and look and see if you had prints of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, The Joker by Vincent May. Uh, one thing off the bat that immediately strikes me is the... Uh, hue of the purple, you know, it's slightly more mauve. To- the the it just lends to the overall tonal value next to the cooler purple in the background, and I love it. I don't know why. I think it just there's like that the the tiniest shift in how we know this character, and it just I don't know, like it 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 made it so. Fresh, I just I love it. Uh, The teeth also that just scream absolute skill and brilliance. Everything about this portrait is so perfect and so on point with such a famous character and you just you cannot look away. It is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And finally, we have Godzilla vs. King Kong by Eric Rivera. Uh, That blue set against those golden yellow tones and that scaling work, that perspective. Eric never fails to leave me in absolute awe. The movement of the helicopter propellers, too. Oh, my God. The smoke. uh, All of it is just phenomenal. And it's so gorgeous. Again, you're not... uh, you're, you're, You're... you would be doing yourself a very big disservice to look away. You know, just take it in for like three hours. Just memorize every pixel. I know it's not digital art, but <laughs> it's it's scammed, so it's pixelated now. Okay, <laughs> let's jump over to the review section and our first bit, the interview with Peggy Gerber by Kevin Mythmaster Adams. Uh, Here we get a beautiful biography from Miss Peggy Gerber, wherein she opens up about her foray into science and her career as a dietitian. Uh, She also talks about her amazing kids and her delving into writing after taking part in a writing class. Peggy also shares how Stumbling Into Crazy Town, her most recent publication, a book of poetry that works to normalize mental health and deter stigma... Uh, and also, how it helped her cope with her own anxiety disorder. And we love you, Peggy. And also, we have Mythmaster Beyond. And in this episode of Mythmaster Beyond, the Mythmaster sits down with open contract challenge winner, an amazing person overall, Peggy Gerber. And the two chat about all sorts of excellent things, including but not limited to Peggy's life and even incorporating uh, a wrestling style belt for the OCC winners of which, If I have a vote, I vote hell yes. Needless to say, Peggy survives her time with the Myth Master uh, Brave Soul. Next up, uh, we have my delightfully queer review of Review of Our Flag Means Death, uh, which I had a lot of fun writing, and if you have not watched it, please watch it uh, now. Because, again, they... yeah. Uh, okay, and next up we have the review of Nora Roberts' The Key Trilogy by Stephanie J. Bardy, and in this review, Stephanie gifts us with insight of Nora Roberts' Key Trilogy. In the series, we explore events following three main characters, Mallory, Dana, and Zoe, who wind up on an elaborate quest featuring quest masters and forays into dark territory. Add it to my long list of to read because I am sold. And finally, we have well, kind of finally, we have a repeat of the WWE 2022 uh, video game by Nolan P. Smith, uh, but I reviewed it last month. So, uh, <laughs> I don't think you guys need to hear me repeat myself. Uh, also, we have the Roman and Greek statues. Yes, they were painted by Michael A. Arnold. And in this absolutely delightful discussion piece, Michael presents the fact that Greek statues were were never actually simply white marble, but actually at one point adorned in paint. Uh, First discovered in the 1980s, archaeologists and historians have been working to discover the truth of the painted statues for some time. And in truth, the statues were actually painted in bright and bold colors to mirror the bright landscape of ancient Greece. Michael also explains the myth of whiteness regarding the ancient world, teaching us that while Rome was not multicultural, it was multi-ethnic. I absolutely enjoyed reading this essay, and if you have the opportunity to see the colorized statues, please do. There is nothing more fun than discovering the truth to artistry from yesteryear. You know, not only does it kind of demystify the brilliance of ancient artisans, but it instills in us a deeper understanding that Really, they were just figuring their stuff out too that's that's life we're all just figuring our stuff out even they were <laughs> and officially finding finally we have the board of directors meeting from May 15th 2022 and during the May board of directors meeting discussions were had regarding Mythmart and its potential phases uh, West Coast Canada and UK. Additionally, they talk about shipping costs being an absolute dumpster fire, to which I suggest upping the price of the book and looking at sites like Pirate Ship that help offset a lot of the costs. Uh, I remember working at Lane Bryant, and I'm no genius, but the same thing happened to them regarding shipping. Like, they would just, <clears throat> like, offer. The way they shipped was really ludicrous. Uh, and, unfortunately, now there's a reason I don't work at Lane Bryant anymore, and it's because they filed bankruptcy. And, like. This our store closed. Uh, So, yeah. So, when sellers tell you that shipping is killing them, believe them and support them. Regardless, please. Uh, It's not the sellers who are coming up with shipping costs. It is the, uh, whatever you call it. Anyway, goodness gracious. Can you guys tell I'm fried? Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Anyway, during the meeting, my gosh, uh, our board also discusses advertising and algorithms. They then go into detail regarding Dark Myth publications in the itinerary, including Incandescence, Alien of Orchard Lake, and Liberty's Run. Uh, Additionally, regarding Dark Myth Comics, in the introduction of Henry from Comic Cult HD as the new editor-in-chief, uh, And also the painful task of reaching out to brick-and-mortar bookstores and comic shops. Uh, Regarding the live events committee, it turns out that the fairgrounds also suck and want to charge a buttload more. So, negotiations have started taking place somewhere else. And, oh, we announced it at the top of the show. So. Uh, and in case you haven't noticed, the Mythmaster has made his triumphant return to the network. In regards to the OCC, there are some issues with people forgetting their submissions, as well as concerns over handholding. And frequently asked questions page has been agreed upon to post. Um, also, talks about reaching out to previous contestants of the OCC who've been memorable for. Uh, memorable towards the, or memorable to the judges, um, and having potential publishing opportunities in the future. JPWI has been taken off life support so as to make room for a relationship with VPW, possibly, and also discussions about 2M Newsine has have started. Uh, the idea is to make a newsletter, the monthly newsletter for the world of myth, into a small print magazine. Also, Kevin has mentioned the idea of making bookmarks for the authors, and I fully support that idea. I think it's awesome. That is it. That is is issue, what did I say, 108? My goodness gracious. And as this one is coming out, uh, the new issue should be released, Um, and I'll get to that. I... I'm sure nobody really wants to hear about it, so I'll just say I'm I'm working on getting back into um, the proper headspace and making sure uh, that the content I am creating is, is entertaining. Um, so that being said, uh, I'm not officially back just yet. I still have a couple things to do, but hopefully after the next review... Uh, everything will start looking a little bit better for my brain uh, and whatnot. Uh, So, yeah. So, I will update y'all at a later point with all of that. But for now, thank you for waiting. Thank you for your patience. Um, I'm sure it's annoying having to wait, but such is life. So, uh, yeah. I, I do appreciate the patience, though. So, that being said, though... Um, you can find us at theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine, and on Instagram at the World of Thank you for listening, and I uh, can't wait for next time.